Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks everybody who listened to my last episode, which was a big weird one on Spirited Away. Uh, I won't lie, just because it is the holidays in America and probably around the world too on some level. I'm like, these things sneak up on me every week. I think I finally have a handle on the next thing I might want to do. I know what a Christmas episode is going to be. And it's going to be a Christmas episode. Um, not unlike <laughs> Gundam Wing Endless Waltz was a Christmas episode. However, entirely unlike that and has nothing to do with Gundam. So, look forward to that. But, um, so a, a couple more, like, media things happened while, um, while in between me recording this episode and the last episode. And those things were... First off, actually, they both have to do with Netflix, but first off, Ava is coming to Netflix, and the world, like, lies in wait as Ava comes to Netflix. When will it come? When will, when will we all have to relive Ava again, somehow? I mean, I have the first four episodes on DVD, like, in my, in my, like, desk thing. It's, like, in my, in storage, I can, like, get out and watch. But, um, just, like, that, that whole thing, that's gonna, that's gonna fuck some new people up, and it's gonna be great. Um, I haven't seen that whole thing in forever. I'm not, I, I, I don't know where I stand on Ava. Maybe I'll use this podcast to explore that at some point. But I, I never, like, I, it's, it's a thing that I've seen at least twice all the way through somehow, including the end of Ava. I haven't seen the movies, although I hear that they are, like, visually arresting in a way that even the TV show isn't, which is impressive, considering the TV show. Um, but my best friend in the world, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. I'm required to say that because I say that every time I talk about Lauren. Hi, Lauren. But she is like, the Ava fan in my life, and she loves that show. <laughs> we had a conversation when she's like, oh, all you have on DVD is the first four episodes? Yeah, those aren't the greatest. I'm like, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she, if she hasn't found out that Ava is on Netflix, come to Netflix, she should find out and should be very excited about that because that should be very exciting for her. But, um, and it's very exciting for everybody, especially if you haven't seen Ava. If you haven't seen Ava, you've only ever heard of Ava because if you, if, if you're so deep in that you're listening to a guy rant about cartoons on the internet in your ear holes right now, meaning you're listening to me, then you've also heard of Ava. And if you haven't seen Ava somehow... Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Um, there's, there'll be some things that you'll experience. And I promise you, there'll be people on the internet, like, ready to talk about it with you. They're already there. Trust me, they're already there. But, um, so, yeah, so that happened. And then Netflix revealed that they're going to be doing a 10-episode Live action Cowboy Bebop and in the 
In the words of Austin Walker, oh man, it's going to be terrible. I'll watch it and I'll have some thoughts, but it's going to be terrible, right? <laughs> um, Which is like, that put to words the way I felt about it in a really unique way. But, um, I apologize, my dog is barking. But, um, so yeah, that, that's also a thing that Netflix is doing. Um, as we all wait for mate, for bated breath as Netflix unleashes these things someday on the universe. Um, and they can never be taken back. Just like, eventually, we might get a live-action Akira movie. It's not in production unless I see it firsthand. Um... <laughs> And then, and then we'll never be able to go back from that. Just like we were never able to go back from the live-action Ghost of the Shell, which we will get to at some point in this in, in this podcast's lifetime, I promise. Um, but without further ado or, like, machination about stuff, um, this week we are going to be talking about a... I'm not sure what to call it, a little show... But it's got two syllables, and those syllables are Nana. is created by the kind of, not kind of, but actually impressively well-known Ayazawa. And the reason most people know Ayazawa is actually not because of Nana. It's because of a little six-episode show called Paradise Kiss. And the reason people know Paradise Kiss is because Paradise Kiss started a craze of sorts. Um... It started not just the craze, but it started a fashion trend. It started the fashion trend known as Goth. As, I, I think Lolita entirely, but um, Goth Lolita definitely. It that show is credited with creating that a set that manga specifically is credited with creating that aesthetic for people to draw on. Before that. It wasn't really in Japanese popular culture, it seemed like. Don't quote me on that, but that's the way I've always heard it posed. 
And what's interesting about Ayazawa's relationship to Paradise Kiss and her relationship to um, the, the much longer-running anime that came before Paradise Kiss, Neighborhood Stories, which I'll watch all of that someday, I promise. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, cross fingers. Um, and her relationship with Nana is that not only are they a shared universe, are they a shared universe, they all happen somewhere on a timeline, either at the same time as each other, or in, but definitely, but definitely in the same universe. So, the characters that you meet in, um, Neighborhood Stories ultimately give birth, like, grow up and become the parents of the characters, you, of some of the characters you meet in, uh, you meet and spend time with in Paradise Kiss. And in Nana, Paradise Kiss is, it, it takes place in the same, like, version of reality that Paradise Kiss is in, and you actually see, um... I don't think you see Arashi, but or much of the main cast, but um, the Happy Berry, uh, but, but, but um, the Happy Berry fashion label. This thing you see Miwako, and I think at some point you see Mikako um, in that in that show proper. Like they, they're just like little. They're they're not lingered on. But they're not lingered on like, um, Mr., like, um, the apartment complex manager in The End of Paradise Kiss, but they are, they are, like, you see them in the background. And I think, actually, you see Miwako's zipper cover from the end, from the ending animation of Paradise Kiss, like, as a billboard in one of the openings. Um, but, once again, don't quote me on that. Um... Never quote me on anything, really, is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say I'm just a dude talking about cartoons on the internet. Leave me alone. Um, but the... So, so the universes are the same. But what's really interesting is... Neighborhood Stories went on for 50 episodes. And it's this big, long, drawn-out exploration of, like, kids and their emotions and their relationships. Paradise Kiss is this almost, it's this beautiful, like, distillation of that. It is, it is the kind of fast relationship that b being exposed to a whole new dangerous world can create and how meaningful those ultimately can be. But... Nana is a whole different ball game. Nana is... Nana is a show that is primarily about relationships. It is not about... Uh, it's not only about romantic relationships. It's not only about, like, familial relationships. It's not only about found family and chosen family and all that stuff. It's about all of it at once. And... It is also Ayazawa's baby. And I would imagine, and I've heard, that it disappoints her a little that the thing that people gra gravitated to was not 
Nana, the thing that she is clearly really invest that she was is probably still, but was at the time it was still going, was truly invested in in a way that was like the spirit must have moved her to write this thing. Um because everybody gravitated to Paradise Kiss. It, Paradise Kiss made such an impression because it was so it was all of the like baroque beauty that Ayazawa is capable of not only in character design but in atmosphere and background design like pumped into like three volumes of manga and six episodes and just like you can pump it in your face real quick and it it just like it lingers with you I mean I, I, I still as a grown man in almost my 30s cry like a little girl at the end of Paradise Kiss. I can see it, like, un like out of context. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's so sad. He left her all of his clothes. It's so devoted. I'm, I can't go on. But, um, so that, like, that, that, the end of that anime turns me into that with this kind, because of this kind of, like, happiness of of remembering of seeing them of seeing a character remember who she was later on in life but in in reality Ayadel writes this interesting story in Paradise Kids and I promise I'll get to Nana in a second I just just is important um, in that it depicts this kind of, this girl who is just kind of going with the flow and losing to the current, if you will, of life, and then someone gave her a hand out of the river. And it, it is, at its heart, an uplifting story about a young person find finding something that is for them even if it's not for anyone else and through her hard work and her devotion to it and the people who who help her with it she and, and the people who she deems is truly important in her life she makes of herself what she wants to be and she becomes who she truly is and wants to be. Both positive and negative in many ways. But um, that's what that show is. But in Nana... It's, it's, Nana is about... Two women, but really particularly one woman... Having reality just kind of confront her and her constantly running away from what re what she sees as the reality of a as the reality of that that she doesn't want to be but by the time she realizes that that was happiness, she can never go back. 
And so, it's, let's kind of get into it a little bit. This, Nana, if you've never seen it, if you have, welcome to an exploration of sadness in f female friendship. <laughs> but um, if you haven't seen it, Nana follows two individual characters, both named Nana. One named um, Nana Komatsu, and she's this kind of, like, poppy, bubbly, super energetic, it always seems to make, always seems to evade res true responsibility, and has, is kind of, like, born, up seemingly, in the beginning of the show, born under a good star, basically. She, she... Everything goes well for her constantly. Yes, things bad happen to her, but they're not... They're not so terrible that they're... That, that they're unavoidable, and she and when they are... That they're, like, life-wrecking, and when they try to be, she has just enough good luck where she can... Where by the time the river is overtaking her... The next stone has just float, have just come into view, and she can jump to it. The next um, character is named Nana. I, I think Osaki, and Nana Osaki is this woman who is the same age, and she is moving to Tokyo, and, and the show starts with them on the train, with them being on a train, both moving to Tokyo. That's a key point. That's the starting point of the series. Um, and I'm gonna try to avoid going through this whole thing, but there are a couple emotional beats that, like, I want to hit to give you an impression, a real good impression of the show. So, they meet on this train that, where they're, snow where they're snowed in to a delay, and the train stopped, and they're like, oh, crap. We're stuck on this train. We both want to get to where we're getting to. And Nana Osaki is going to Tokyo to try and make a living off of her music. To try and feed herself with her art, basically. And Nana, but Nana Komatsu is going to Tokyo to live with her boyfriend. And, like, that's... That's cute. That's okay. That's fine. But the way that they portray Nana, she is this like. Not the way they portray. Actually, let let's just get this out of the way immediately. I will be referring to Nana Komatsu as Hachi because everyone in the show refers to her as Hachi because she acts like this super energetic puppy. I'll be referring to Nana Koma, to Nana Osaki as Nana, which erases the problem of the two names thing. And they do that very quickly in the show, so you understand the difference between the two of them. Not just name-wise, but personality-wise. And so, like, Hachi's motivation is not... It's not... It doesn't think about the future. It thinks about right now, and she is this very pre she is very like present in the moment constantly. And she doesn't think about what happened. She tries not to think about anything that happened in the past. 
She doesn't think about what's going to happen in the future. She only... At best, she fantasizes about the future in the way that, you know, people fantasize about the future. She fantasizes about getting married to her boyfriend and she fantasizes about, like, living a happy life with him and blah, 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 blah. But she doesn't... She, she doesn't think about the mechanical steps to getting there. She only thinks about the end goal. Or what she believes to be the end goal. And then Nana is very consumed with what she will need to do to make a living off of her music. And she's very realistic and very driven. And in these two characters, in the two in the two titular characters of this show, you have an immediate exploration of like different archetypes for women, different different archetypes that women are capable of, and you know, and you have different archetypes of how people see you have how people see those two archetypes because the other thing about the show, if you couldn't tell by the op- by the opening of this episode, which is one of the opening songs of this show, of which there are three. I haven't picked which one I'm going to put in by now, but I will later. So take that what you will take with that what you will, but um this show has a fascination with punk rock. It is, it is a, it is a, but punk rock is this plot device to tell the story of these two women and how their lives, like, proceed and differ and intersect and how they relate to each other and how their relationship affects their relationship with all these other people. And the show portrays Nana as Nana Osaki as this kind of like punk outcast that society will never be okay with. And they portray Hachi as this bubbly go-getter, the kind of woman that, especially in Japanese society, is looked at as, like, beautiful and demure and desirable. But as the show goes on, you realize that that's not what the show is saying about these two characters. It's saying that that Nana is isn't an outcast, she is individualistic in a society, in a, in a world, in a frame of reality, in a society, really, like I started with, I should have just stuck with that, that doesn't, that doesn't value that unless it can be commodified, basically. Um, and Nana is this beautiful... demure girl who reality just hasn't taken advantage of 
in in an extreme enough way yet. And, um, I'm gonna jump around a little bit because, once again, I want to give you a kind of good overall picture of this show. It, throughout the show, you come to realize that Nana is quick to fall in love. It turns out early in the show, um, that her boyfriend is cheating on her, but the way they set up the boyfriend cheating on Hachi is not that she doesn't, it's not that she doesn't, it's not that the boyfriend is an asshole. The boyfriend's name is Shoji. It, it's that the boyfriend is, the Shoji is going to, <laughs> so this is one of the best parts about Ayazawa's work is the main through line of the work, the main, like, thing, the thing that is in every single series is a school. <laughs> it's an actual school building called, called Yadagaku Art Academy, which is, um, or Yadawa Art Academy. It is in every single show. It is in, um, it is the school they go to to, like, learn fashion and sewing in neighborhood story it is also the school they go to and it's got the same fucking teachers in paradise kiss and it the characters and there are a whole set of characters in nana who go to that school for a different thing there's a um character named junko who is this sassy black lady and a, a character named Ryosuke who is all who's just this like cool fucking goddamn slick black dude who are fine art majors in this school and they are side characters for a for a large portion of the show um Nana doesn't go to that school or Hachi doesn't go to that school Nana is like mostly removed from the whole scenario, from that whole scenario, or that whole section of the cast, but, um, Shoji, her boyfriend of, for, for a bunch of years, which is significant because they have some episodes that focus on Hachi's, like, earlier exploits, and it involves, like, I believe losing her virginity, but also sleeping with a married man for, like, a bunch of months. Like, she was the other woman for many, many years, for a while, and she just kind of, like, was okay with that, slash fell for that, because the guy was a dickbag, but she was too... And this is a... Like I said... Hachi's story arc is basically she doesn't realize when she has real happiness in a way that is sustainable and she she just she wrecks it entirely. And it's a strange kind of melancholy of sadness that comes with that. And the couple, I think it's a couple episodes of 
her being involved with a married man, married man when she was a teenager, like, and this guy was in her 30s, was in his 30s, really tells you what, like, what, what kind of, not what kind of person she is, because it makes no judgment on her as a person, but what... That, it tells you that she, like, simplifies situations down to their core in a way that, like, ignores the, ignores the signs of there's something wrong with this relationship or there's something wrong here. The feelings may be real, but the reality is still fucked. And that holds true through this entire show. And in the, when her boyfriend Shoji is cheating on her, it doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen... It's not like Shoji one day is like, I'm tired of dealing with Nana because she's paying pain in the ass, even though it's you're led to believe he is and she is because she has nothing to do but dote on her boyfriend. Um, he... He just kind of... It, it, it's like, it's like, um, what's the best way to put this? It's like in Scott Pilgrim, except Sh Shoji isn't an asshole, like, like Scott Pilgrim is. Instead of doing what he should do and saying, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not into this. It's not you, it's me. Having, having the, it's not you, it's me conversation with his current girlfriend before he decides to get involved with another woman, it, he, like, skips that step. <laughs> And I'm not defending it. It's it's still a dick bag move to make, but it the show and the manga actually write it as write it in a way that is understandable and is natural. It's not it's unnatural. Like I'm tired of my girlfriend. We just had a fight about stupid shit. I'm gonna go out and find a hooker. It's not like that. It's like the feelings moved on from her before he even realized it. And that happens. That really does happen. And it's unfortunate and it's sad and it it, it hurts people, but that's that's what love is sometimes. And that's what love is when it falls apart when it didn't have to or when it could have kept going. Um so the thing about that you have to understand about Hachi is that she stays single for very for like she she is not single for a long period of time ever. I think when she breaks up when her and her first the first boyfriend of the series break up is when she become is when she's single for the longest period of time and she and this is this is gonna sound weird and it's gonna sound sexist I promise it's not because I'm a dude on the internet I know that dudes can objectify women in a way that is beyond the pale but I have also sat in a auditorium for FIT and heard two girls behind me say, 
I don't know if I want to go here. I'm not, I'm, this is literally what they said. I'm not kidding. I don't know if I want to go to this school because there's too many gay guys and I won't be able to find a boyfriend. <laughs> and the, there's a tendency of everybody, not just men, not just women, to look at members of the opposite sex and evaluate them on do I want to date him do I want to go out t with him do I want to have dinner with him and do I want to wake up next to him slash her slash whatever your preference is and it is rare it is very rare that female characters are written with this kind of raw <laughs> like, judgment capability of men. Women, female characters who are gay and lesbians often comment about other, about other women. Because that, that's perceived as, like, a sexy character trait by assholes who write... Who write female who write female characters for shit? Who basically write any character, including straight white male characters, for shit? But it's rare that you see that you really truly see female characters in anime or in kind of anything. Say like, look at the whole of a male cast of a show and go, you know, he's kind of hot. I could date him. I could get into him. I could let him get into me. And Nana does that. There's a character in this show called named Yatsu. And Yatsu is this like skinhead punk rock fucking awesome lawyer who smokes these insanely cool brand of cigarettes. I think they're called Blacks. And they're just, like, he's just like... The, for the entire show, it's rare that the mask falls, that Yasu's mask falls and reveals him to be anything other than just the most responsible, awesome, badass ever. And when they do, it's for a moment of character development that lets you know that Yasu, how Yasu got to, like, being the most stable human ever devised by man or god. Um, and Nana, like, when she meets him, she's like, oh, he's hot. I, yeah, Yasu, Team Yasu. And Nana, at this point, has a relationship with Hachi, and she just, and Nana's just like, no, no, you stay away from Yasu. We've been friends forever. Fuck you. And, uh, it becomes a difference. It's a, not the first difference, because the first difference is just their whole personality type and this kind of cool, common collectedness of Nana and this kind of, like, bubbly clumsiness of Hachi. But this real, true difference is shown between the two. And that is... Hachi looks at like, other people and evaluate them, judges them constantly. Uh, and that's not, that's not just women. She talks, that's not just men. She 
talks about Junko as being so cool and so interesting. And she talks about, and she constantly dotes all over Nana and says, like, you're so cool, you play in a band, you sing, that's so awesome. And this, there's these, the, but the male characters, she always evaluates as these, like, well, most of the male characters. We'll get to possibly the most important male character in this show in a minute. The male characters, she's constantly evaluating from, like, an attractiveness angle. Like, she's like, man, Yatsu's really cool. Yeah, like, I would be Yatsu's girlfriend in a second. But the thing that is made very clear is that, like, Yatsu's too fucking cool for Hachi. <laughs> like, Hachi could not hold the hold a candle. Like, the, the kind of parties Yatsu goes to would, like, eat Hachi alive. And it's very clear. And also, Nana's like, don't be weird. Yatsu's cool. Don't be weird. <laughs> don't him. Don't drag him down to your level. Um. But then you meet a character named Nobu. And Nobu is kind of the most important character to the the most important romantic character to um. To Nana's kind of like overarching story. But when Nana first meets him. She meets him in this like. She meets him in a context. That I I am very familiar with. As a. Awkward disabled dude. <laughs> she meets him in a context. Where he is deemed as like. Harmless. And if anybody's ever told you. That you know. Nice guys finish last. There's a reason for that. And that reason is, you know, it takes some real bravado to walk up to to walk up to a person and say, "I'm worth your time. Let's let's hook up." That I mean, if if you think about it, if if you are a if you are a male listener and you've done that. some part of it feels smarmy. Like, you do it because you feel like you have to, because, like, that's the way you hook up with girls, but it feels smarmy on some level, especially now, in 2018. Um, but if you're a female listener, uh, almost every social situation you are in, generally, you don't want to be bothered. <laughs> like, the, the point at which a hot guy bothers you is rare. It is more often than not that, like, smarmy, creepy, like, full of themselves guys try and force them, try and force their way into your reality, basically. And that happens to women all the time. It happens less to men, but it happens to men sometimes, too. But, um... Nobu... By by 
like, by nature, is not the kind of guy who acts on, like, his feelings unless he knows they can be, unless he knows it, unless he knows the outcome. I deeply identify with this. I am the same kind of guy. I, um, I had a girlfriend in college. I might have told this story before, but I had a girlfriend in college and for, um, at least a year out of college, I think. But I had a girlfriend for two years. College was, at some point, at some point college occurred for part of that. But what happened ultimately, because I am a weak man-child, is I was hanging out with her. We had some emotional closeness. We, we were at the point that they described in his, in, in Caracano or his and her circumstances. We were more than friends, but less than a couple. That makes any sense. And I did not get the courage to go, like, to confess to her. If she's listening, she's gonna fucking find me, murder me, I swear, for telling for telling this story on a podcast, which is why I'm not providing her name. Um, she, we had gone grocery shopping, and she had left her jacket at the grocery store, which was on the other end of town. A bad part, the bad part of town, no less. So, she's like, oh man, I guess I'm gonna have to say goodbye to that jacket, and we just went inside. And I'm like, and after I left her company, I went immediately back to the grocery store and got her jacket and came back in the goddamn rain. I pulled some rom-com bullshit to set up a scenario where I'm like, I'm totally safe with saying, like, she knows, but now I get to say out loud that I, I'm into you, I want to be a thing. Um, the result of that lovely scenario that I spent, like, more than a little bit of time setting up, I didn't, like, make her lose her, forget her jacket, but I did, like, act on it when it happened immediately, <laughs> with conviction, was that she laughed at me. <laughs> like, like, genuinely truly laughed at me, which was like, oh, fuck, I didn't know this could happen, this went bad in a whole new way, oh, God, and that, that was probably because she's like, oh, of course, of course you like me, because of course you do, because I knew you liked me already, I was just waiting for you to say something, and it, it's, it's a weird, funny story now, but it illustrates kind of the struggle that some people have with just, like, knowing that they're okay to put themselves out there. And that is true of Nobu. Nobu is this fan- is an amazing punk rock guitarist, but he isn't... He isn't... What's the best word for it? He isn't... He, he doesn't have this, like... Com, he doesn't have the confidence to... Him that meant that... Basically all of the other male characters in this show do. Um, 
you you find you find out you find out ultimately that you know Yasu has this serious like he has a former relationship with another character. Um, there's a character named Shin who's basically a call who not just basically is who is a callboy for much of the show. Um, less so later on, but for much of the show, he is a callboy of sorts. Not of sorts, he, of he is. But, you also meet these other male characters who are extremely, extremely confident. Um, you meet, there's a character who Nana kind of falls for, um, who's a side character for a while, who's her boss, which is... Like a whole, that it's very clear that all the reasons she's falling for this character are like the power dynamic is like taking her whole in a way that her boss did not intend to do, but just happened. Um, but and even even characters like um like uh what is like um. What's his face? I just said his name out loud. Um. Um. Like the like the black guy or um. Junko. Uh, like like the black guy from her, from her college days are these like cool interesting, like, beautiful people. But what's really interesting is that when she meet, when she is... And even the um, married guy who she has an affair with is this, like, beautiful, like... It, it's, it's this kind of, like, attractive older man character. But... Um... Um, but what's his name? Oh, damn it. Um, the her her boyfriend that she first breaks up with is this kind of dorky, kind of like he 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 hits almost the same wavelengths as her constantly. So it's like she fits with him, and that's. Uh, you see that while it breaking up, while that relationship breaking apart in the atmosphere of reality wasn't her fault, it was his fault. It's not. They they were really happy in a way that she clearly wouldn't be with somebody like Yasu or somebody who is just like cool, collected, like interesting person. There's a clear concept of compatibility happening with her. And that doesn't happen with Nana. That happens with Hachi with Nobu. They become kind of fast friends. But you realize that Nana doesn't really have a like anybody she's interested in and you keep wondering why. And she wears 
In a very Sex Pistols move, she wears a lock. Or, or, or she, 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 wears a, she wears a lock on her neck. Never takes it off. Never takes it off in the bath, the shower, nothing. And then you meet Ren. And Ren is part of this band that Hachi idolizes named Trap Nest. And Trap Nest is it's like pitched as the hot ticket and the hot rock band of this time. Like they are they are internationally known rock superstars. Think like um think like um I'm trying to put think like think like Nirvana <laughs> if that makes any sense. And the members of Trap Nest are Ren, who's like the who's the bassist, um, Takumi, who's the drummer, um, but 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 um, Miu is um, not Miu. I there's another character who's who's the guitarist who they don't go into much. Um, I think it's I think it is Miu actually. Um, it's. Hold on, I've got the page open here because I'm a dork. Uh, Lila is the main singer. And you realize that Lila had a relationship at one point with Yatsu. And you realize that Ren and Nana are very much deeply in love. Have been for it's like you're led to believe decades, like Johnny, like Johnny Rotten style, like um Sid Vicious style, deep, destructive, safe place love, which is really heartwarming ultimately. Um, at, but Takumi is this kind of he he's this he's this like. Master Takumi, the, um, I think Takumi's the bassist, yeah. Ta um, no, Takumi, what did Takumi play? He, Takumi, Takumi, I think, is the, I think, Tak I think Takumi is the guitarist. Um, but he is ultimately, um, uh, but, 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 um, the, he, he, Takumi is the leader of Trap Nest. He's also the bassist. I just opened up his page on my anime list. But he is known for being a playboy. And he's known for being this kind of philandering, sleeping with anybody he likes. But also at the same time being very power hungry and very controlling. And very like, if something's wrong, he'll take, he'll take care of some shit and make it right. Um, and that's, that's pretty important, ultimately, because what ends up happening is through, um, Hachi's, not only many jobs, but many, like, um, many relationships. She 
falls in and out of love with all with seemingly all these wrong people, and she loses jobs because of it, and she loses like uh, she loses whole avenues of 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 potential for her life because of her bad relationship choices. And by the time Takumi enters her life, she's single. But she's about not to be, and she ultimately falls head over heels, truly head over heels, like once-in-a-lifetime soulmate-style head over heels with Nobu, who it just, like, they both care truly deeply for each other. They're both... Everyone around... No one around them sees them as an awkward couple. They're allowed to be themselves with each other and everyone else, at the same time, which is, which is really important. And in, in my experience, in if you're in a relationship, would you feel like you can exist in that relationship in front of other people? There's a shame with that. And that, and that shame is telling you that something isn't right here for whatever reason, because if you have to hide, if you're hiding something, that means you're not proud of it, and that means there's a reason you're not proud of it. And with Hachi and Nobu, when Hachi and Nobu were, are together, they are kind of, they lift each other up in a unique way. And then she meets Takumi. And Takumi, to her, like I said earlier, is just like he a he's beautiful he is beautiful as a human, but he's also this like object of her admiration and this person who she never dreamt of meeting because he's a rock star. Why the fuck would he ever like show up in her reality ever? And she has idolized Trap Nest. For since she was a teenager, basically, and she falls for him, and she she falls for him. She sleeps with him. She ends up cheating on Nobu with him, and ultimately, I think she cheats on him with she cheats on him with Nobu at some point, but. When she sleeps with one of them, at some point, somehow, she she's basically stuck in a love triangle between two men. She gets pregnant. And shoujo manga is filled with drama. Sho and romance manga is filled with drama. There are a bunch of rom romance manga that deal with... What happens when you when the girl gets when the girl gets knocked up? Um, one of one of the best versions of that, one of the very this is this is real life versions of that is a um manga called Suzuka. But um, the thing about these. The thing about Nana is, and I haven't said this 
at this point is this entire show is narrated by Hachi or um, Nana Komatsu. And it's narrated like it's in the past tense. Like she, at the end of most episodes, she'll like chime in with this kind of foreboding conversation she's having with, that Hachi is having with Nana Osaki. And it's almost like they're, it's written in letters. And you get this sense of dread from them every time they happen. Every time they happen at the end of every episode. No matter how happy the episode is, there's just this little melancholy dread that ends everything. And you realize later... But later on in the series, in in the show, but like way later in the manga, they they put it kind of at the end of the show, but at the a point far beyond in the manga, which I encourage you, if you watch this show and you're like, I'm really fucking into this, go find the manga because it goes for a while. <laughs> um. But the implication is made clear that Hachi becomes basically an emotional prisoner of Takumi once Takumi realizes, oh shit, she's pregnant. I need to take care. I need to take care of. I, he he says I need to take responsibility for it. Nobu's like, it might be my kid. To, we, we've been, we've been dipping in the same sauce, son. It might be my kid too. And Takumi just looks him straight in the eyes, like, "Yeah, but you broke." And Takumi goes from being this kind of, and this is important in the show. And I think that Ayazawa is consciously saying this. And this is very, um. Contrary to what she says about these about the character in Par in Paradise Kiss, and that is that these like cool, calm, beautiful people, like the people who portray themselves as that, aren't always the best people. They like they aren't always just trying to be the best. Try trying to be a cool archetype of themselves a la George Koizumi. And even in Paradise Kiss, George Koizumi is like portrayed as this like he's portrayed as a force of nature who will soon leave the main character of that show's life. And it, it, it's kind of building up to happen for most of that show. But um, in this Takumi does. Takumi does what is expected of men to do when they get their like when they get someone pregnant. Basically, he takes care. He takes care of the woman. He takes care of the kid, but he he does so in such a loveless 
emotionally abusive way that it's it's not it's it's sure shit ain't worth it it sure shit ain't right but at the same time you see that takumi the reason why he was a philanderer is because he's not really equipped for a relationship and that's true of some people some people aren't equipped to be in a relationship with another person because of the way they are. And at this point, you start to see Nana kind of change, or, or Hachi kind of change from... And it, and this almost feels like it's a necessity in for her to go on being the way... being alive in her own life because she is... She, she is now trapped with a man's baby in a variation of reality that she can't run away from. That she can't just say, oh, I think that guy's cuter. Let me go try and get in his pants. Uh, she can't escape this. She is now... She, reality has... She has slipped through the fingers of the reality of her life so often that when it happens to... That when she can't flip through the finger, those fingers again, it feels like the grip is extra tight. Even though it's just the same as it always would have been. And um, she, she realizes that she had this deep, true love with Nobu that she will never, she will never be able to have again. No matter how she tries. And this show becomes this... The story becomes this kind of nihilistic... Fucked up... Like... Avoidance game. For a long time. And... It, there are... The, there are... It is made very clear that... Hachi and Nobu love each other. And reality is playing a cruel game on them where they will never be able to be in the same room ever again. And when they are, it's always with a... Um... With a condition. Either Takumi's there or everybody's around. And they can't, they can't have... They can never have the kind of... Moments they had that is gone forever, and like I said, that tinge of like dread that happens at the end of every episode was because Nana was remembering what it was like before she was basic, before she became, for all intents and purposes, this kept woman, and she. She realizes she she realizes that, but she also realizes that there's not much she can do about it or will ever be able to do about it again because of the way she believes she set her life up. And she and but the more important thing that happens to her is not her separation from Nobu. Her separation from Nobu is ultimately feels survivable because in his own fucked up way. Takumi does love Nana. He is. 
kind of it, it the show makes it clear that Takumi had never been with a woman for any period of time other than you see you seem hot get in my bed but he comes back to Nana and Nana becomes his safe place Nana becomes the place that he relaxes and releases and it becomes and you, while realizing that you also realize that that's a very abusive way for him to essentially use another person but it's true and that that's the form of love he's capable of providing so that exists somehow and is it, it's just a thing but the real tragedy of the show is that Nana becomes is that Hachi Nana Komatsu is separated all but permanently from Nana Osaki, and she and the ways they get to interact are oftentimes because Ren and Nana o, and Osaki are just an item and they become and they and they are they they are all but they're basically all but married constantly and oftentimes Ren will arrange for net for Nana and Hachi to just have some time together before Takumi finds out because it Takumi realizes that he is not the person that he is not that he did not re represent the reality that Nan that Hachi wants to be hers. He represents the reality that is possible, but only if he creates no other options. So it he becomes this kind of boogeyman of you know what it, like. He, as soon as Nana and Hachi meet, there's almost like a timer in the corner that says how long until Takumi shows up and just literally, like all, like literally escorts her out of the room and is like, "I'm taking, I'm taking my woman away from, away from her own choice now." And it, I want, I was trying to figure out what I want to talk about this episode and I opened up my personal digital library of things that I acquired in less than legal means before I was a little enough of a shitbag to not do that and I was scrolling through scrolling through scrolling through and I've talked about some stuff some of that stuff here and I came across Nana and I was like I should really talk about that show because of what it does. Because of the fact that it... It is melodramatic. But it is melodramatic in this quiet, unassuming way that sneaks up on people. And it is melodramatic because... Not because of the 
not because of the subversion of reality or the heightening of reality to melodramatic levels. It is melodramatic because because of reality, because of the way people's lives fall apart and reform constantly. And it, it shows that it is not always the... But what it mainly shows, it shows that going with the flow is not really the best thing all the time. If if not, if Hachi demonstrated just a tenth of the kind of drivenness and self-motivation and self-confidence that Nana does in every inch of the show she's in, then maybe Hachi could have escaped what ultimate what ultimately happens to her, which is she becomes a trophy wife. And it, it, I don't think I think you see this for like one of the very one of the very end like one of the very last episodes of the show, but they have a whole chap they have all, they have a whole bunch of chapters of this in the actual manga in that she is telling she is basically telling her daughter the story of how of how she and her of how Hachi and her daughter got to be and it's just it's just heartbreaking but on that note since I've been going for over an hour with this one um, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you liked this episode, uh, there's a whole bunch of them, including an episode on Paradise Kiss, um, which I would encourage you to go check out that episode. If you liked me talking about Nana, it's written, it's a show made by the same person that's way shorter, and like I said at the beginning, way more popular and way more, like, noted for a bunch of reasons, but you can go check that episode out. It's earlier on the feed somewhere. Um, I'm not exactly sure where for a bunch of stupid reasons, but I'm not sure where. Um, but it's in there. Um, you can also share this show with your friends. Be like, hey, there's this guy on the internet who talks about anime before you tell me to shut up. He's kind of fun. He's kind of fun, and he does it by himself. So maybe give him a listen. At least look on his the page for his show, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Um, you can also you can use that to go and subscribe yourself if you are one of those friends who is listening on a regular listener's um, suggestion. Um, but I've talked about a bunch of shows. You can check out what I talked about in the feed. Um, but you can also leave me a review on your podcast app of choice where you can also subscribe. Once again, that link in the description to subscribe. And until you tune in next time, I'll talk to you later.